Hey friends, welcome to season five of the Sexy Freedom Media podcast. This season, we have some exciting news. Along with our amazing host, me, Helen Edwards, we now have an incredible co-host to add to our team. Welcome January Liddell to Sexy Freedom Media podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Sexy Freedom LLC. Click the link in our show notes to learn about our upcoming women's retreat in Castaic, California in 2022, and to get your copy of the best-selling book, Nothing Sexier Than Freedom, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. This podcast is based on the freedom of expression and includes some adult language, rated R and X. The views and opinions expressed by guests are not to be taken out of content and are not the liability of the podcast and their hosts. Remember to subscribe and share. We appreciate all of your support and thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Sexy Freedom Media Podcast, a place to discuss pain, passion, and pursuits. I want to feel alive, breathe, make some moves, protect the throne. This is Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. Welcome to Chat with January. Happy Aloha Friday. I'm so excited. We are uh, talking today, chatting today with Brandon Hamilton, who is currently a reporter and a fill-in anchor for WBTV uh, with CBS Station in Charlotte, North Carolina. He and I actually met a few years ago. Uh, Junior and Nina were doing Lemonade Day and and uh, he came by and did a story on Lemonade Day. And it just so happened that he interviewed Junior and was featured on the news. So that is how Brandon and I became friends, became Facebook friends. And we've just followed each other's uh, journey throughout the year. Um, so I would like to introduce you to... Hello, hello. <laughs> I would like to introduce you to Brandon Hamilton. Brandon, are you there? I am. Hey. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining. I know this is uh, very different from what you typically do. You're typically the one an- uh, asking questions. So now I get to ask you some questions. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad, glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So Brandon, when we first met, um, you were a reporter in Texas, and I don't remember the name of the news. KWTX. KWTX. How long were you there for, and what what was your role over there? So uh, yeah, so I was at KWTX two years. Time flies, and, and it seems like just yesterday, but I've actually been going now for almost 14 months. I've been going from uh, Colleen, but... So I, I pretty much worked out of the uh, Bell County Bureau, uh, which, you know, we covered Colleen, Harker Heights, uh, Copper's Cove, all the way back, Gatesville, you know, that whole area. And um, so I reported uh, three days a week. And then the other parts, I anchored our weekend shows, the Saturday and Sundays on the evening. So, and I, I, I filled in sometimes during the weekdays, but mainly, you know, covering uh, Bell County, which was which was fun. Got to meet a lot of people, like you mentioned, including yourself. Like so, it, it was fun, especially those that first year and a half uh, before COVID. Oh well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely a different time. I'm sure. I think I've seen you with your mask on and you're interviewing people, and so definitely a different time. But um, how long have you been in the industry, Brandon? So. Uh, I feel old when I say this. So I, I graduated uh, college back in 2010. So pretty much ever since then, in some form of capacity, uh, I, I've been doing what I guess you can say what I love. So we're in 2020. So 10 plus years. Mm, and so, so were you always with WTX? So uh, I, I can give you kind of a brief um, synopsis of, of my journey. So I actually started out in radio. Uh, radio is what kind of helped me hone in and, and perfect, as people say, that TV voice. Um, I started on radio, and then I, I worked in the NBA for a year for the Orlando Magic because uh, I got my undergrad, my uh, undergraduate degree at the University of Central Florida, which is in Orlando. So I, I actually worked in Orlando to start my career out as a reporter, 
um, at WDBO, which was a news talk station there, worked in the NBA, uh, kind of did some other work in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to Texas, I think that was 2014 is when I first moved to Texas. I was in Houston. Uh, I had moved to Houston literally just to get my master's degree. But then I started working back um, on radio, did some stuff for the athletics department at Texas Southern, which is where I got my master's degree at. Uh, that opened doors for me to work at ABC 13, which was in Houston. I did like digital stuff, um, like digital reporting. And I and something kept bugging me. So cause ever since I was a child, I knew I wanted to be on TV. Like you can talk to my parents, like my, my uh, grandma, when we were at my grandmother's house, like I would pretend like I was this reporter, this meteorologist. And <laughs> you know, but back when I was young, and, and it's probably the same with you, I think probably everybody. So back when I was young, like my grandmother, we used to watch, I get out of school, there was nothing but talk shows on. So from Ricky Lake, Jenny Jones, oh, like mm-hmm. the old days of, of talk shows, yeah. and then Oprah. So like, you know, I used to see, and then Jerry Springer kind of sprinkled in there. So I used to see those like talk show hosts, I'm like, you know, I want to do that as a kid. Like I, I knew I wanted to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And I was also one of those kids where, you know, your parents had to say, stop being in grown folks business. Like I, I was always that kid who wanted to know what was going on. So <laughs> when I got to Houston, I got, I knew I wanted to be back on TV. So I left Houston headed to Waco, Colleen. And that's when I started at KWTX back in 2018. I think I was, that's a two, 20, 2018. So I was there for two years through 2020. So mm-hmm. flew by, flew by quick. Wow, you have a very extensive background. That's exciting. Are you, do you feel like, I don't want to say do you feel like you've arrived, but do you feel like there's more to what you're doing or are you, are you happy where you're at? What are your, what are your goals? So I I do. Um, For me, which I, I think as a viewer, you can probably tell when you, when, when I say this, this separates to me, you know, the reporters who do it just because it's the job and, you know, they're on TVs, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, the reporters who do the job, but they do it because they actually care about their community. They care about the people. They want to be that change. And so that's for me. So I don't think I'm truly in a place where I can say, you know what, I, I've accomplished everything because I, I still want to tell those stories and, and versus so when you think about local news, we turn stories every day. So a lot of stories we can't really do because we have to literally the same day. So I want to, you know, tell those stories, keep telling those stories that that matter to people. Uh, and, and again, I know COVID has kind of threw a wrench in everything because I can't be out in the community like I want to. Mm. Uh, you know, you can't. I mean, we're starting to get back to normal, but it, it's still kind of weird. So for me, it, it's still trying to climb that ladder, you know, hopefully get the opportunity to anchor, you know, somewhere five days a week and, and just climb up and, and still being able to tell, you know, stories that we care about, what the community care about, and, and to know that, you know, I'm making a difference in, in someone's, maybe not even five people's lives. If I make a difference in one person's life, then I feel like I've done my job. So that, that for me is why I don't feel like I'm, you know, got into that place mm-hmm. uh, because, there's always so much more that I feel like I can do as far as, you know, making this world a better place. And we need it. Uh, we've seen this past year or two with the pandemic. And even before that, we know violence and crime is all around us. So, yeah, it, you know, how are we using our platform to right. make it better? So, And that's actually the other thing I wanted to ask, because I know that you've reported on really hard news, like, like heavy news. Yep. So how, um, and I know everyone's stories, you know, it's, it's important to tell the story. How, I mean, how does that affect you? Because these, you know, this is the news and I, sometimes those, those things sell, unfortunately, but people will tend to like gravitate towards things that are more like heart wrenching and just, do you know what I mean? Like how, yeah, how does that affect you? So that, that, you know, old rule, like, you know, when I was in, in college and undergrad, it was like, oh, you should never get close to a story. I don't believe in that. Again, you know, journalists, we're not robots. If you, there, I mean, there are some journalists that are robots, but I don't prescribe to that. You know, for me, 
the only way you can connect to the community and can connect to viewers for me is to be human to when you're interviewing a family, if they're crying and that story connects you, you're there with that family. Like you're the shoulder, like you're their voice, you know? And so for me, I do not have a problem hugging families, crying with families. Like, to, I mean, we're human. So um, for people in Texas, I know we all remember my last five, six or so months at KWTX was following the Vanessa Guillen case. And, and that was kind of gut-wrenching and, and just somber and, and heartbreaking, covering it from the beginning and then seeing the end. But being that personable, just human allowed me to connect with that family. Even now here in Charlotte, I, I still get updates from the family, we still talk. Um, I've still talked to, with their attorney because you're human. So to understand the horrors and the pain they went through in any family, uh, it's just to show that you care. And, and so that's what I feel like, you know, what, what separates the good journalists and reporters versus the reporters who are just to report a story. You have to as a reporter, you have to be in your community. Like you have to show the people that you want to tell your, you want these people to tell your business to you. Like you want them to, oh, Jay, can you tell me about your life? But then you don't connect with them. Like it doesn't work that way. So you have to show people that you genuinely care about their situation and about the community you live in, no matter how, how long it is. And, and that will take you so far. So that that's always been me and I, I still feel that way because if, if you don't these stories can tear you apart um you know covering crime every day especially when when kids are being killed or kids are dying yeah. it's, it's they're innocent kids are innocent and, and and so you have to be able to connect to the community so that they see you're human as well like there's there's nothing wrong to me, you know, showing emotion when you're doing a story because you're human. It shows people at home, you know what, Brandon does care. And, and I think to me, that's the most important part when covering these stories uh, because you, you want to be able to show people not only that you're trusted, but that these stories also affect you too. Because if covering like the Vanessa Guillen story or covering crime didn't affect me, how, how would that you would think I was, you know, like a robot or, you know, or a person that didn't care. So, yeah, yeah. I know it's a long so, spiel. No, I, I'm so glad. I, you know, I love listening to people's stories. That's part of the reason why I just, you know, I decided to do this is because I feel that so many of us have stories to share and experiences to share that other people can, um, you know, get value from. And, and I think, you know, just like you, you cover so many of us already, Brandon, and um, you have a story. So I wanted to know your story and why it is that you're passionate about this. And it sounds like you've been passionate about this since you were a kid. Yeah. And so you are, you are doing your purpose. You're doing like what you absolutely love to do. So I had, a, I had questions for you. I had like, so one of my questions was, how do you manage stress under deadlines? How do you? I'm, but you love it. So that's why I'm like. Uh, <laughs> so I think you just have to, at least for me, handling that stress. And so, you know, each, each jobs are different. You know, doctors, teachers, lawyers, you know, every, everybody has their stress. But our stress is every day. We have deadlines, two, three, four deadlines every day. So to manage that, you just have to be purposeful and, and create a time schedule kind of in your own head. So that's, that's how I manage the day. Uh, I work our night side uh, shift, which night side and news. So for here on the Eastern uh, coast, we are 2.30 PM to 11.30 PM because our newscast is at 11 versus 10 o'clock uh, in, in central in Texas. So it's just, you know, after getting our meeting, knowing, okay, you've got five hours to do this, you can spend two hours on this. You need at least 30 minutes to write. You need at least 30 minutes to edit. So it's just mentally putting things in your head to, uh, to, to, to kind of make the stress less. Now, the stress is still going to be there, but mm -hmm. it's, the goal is to make it less uh, because anything that you do live, there's just going to be that automatic stress. But 
I, I try to plan out mentally in my head, whether it's, you know, jotting down notes or uh, which, which helps me. I, I like if I'm driving, you know, coming back from an interview and I'm thinking of how can I write this story, then it just comes to me. I have to like jot it down on my phone before I forget it. So it's just, you know, taking those mental notes and then just, just timing out the day. So it sounds like a lot of time management, yep. a lot of time management. And it sounds like, yeah, cause uh, so a little bit about me. I actually reported for um, ABS-CBN News for the Philippine News Station. So that was a while ago, but I was, I was either in front or I was behind cameras. You know, I, I had a video company, but um, uh, I know that when you're thinking about something, you're thinking about stories, you know, it's like you're driving, like you said, and you're like, oh, I need to jot it down. Do you use like your voice memo? Do you look like a different technology in order to like gather all your thoughts? Because I'm sure it comes randomly. Yeah, so that's that's exactly what I use. Uh, voice memo, the notes in the phone, uh, mainly the notes in the phone, because uh, the notes you can email mm -hmm. uh, like to yourself. So when I actually go to write the full story, I can already have it emailed. And then there's also another app. It's called Otter. I don't know if you ever use it. It, it transcribes uh, voice for you. So when I say voice, like it for, so it's easier for me when after an interview to use the otter because it transcribes the interview. That's instead awesome. Instead of having to literally sit there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that, that takes away so much time from having to like try to find the sound bites and yep. it's actually on the otter. That's cool. Um, yeah, tips and tricks. So if there, is <laughs> a, if there is somebody out there that's aspiring to be a journalist, what are three things that you can possibly tell them to master their craft? The, the first thing is I would say purpose and that's to find your purpose. I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about what I feel like, you know, my, my duties as a, as a reporter. So find your purpose. You, you have to figure out if you being a reporter is just because you want to be on TV that's fine, but you probably won't last. Mm -hmm. If your purpose is truly telling stories and, and being the voice, as I like to call it, the voice of the unheard and the gatekeeper of your community, that is your purpose. So once you find that purpose, it will make, I'm sure as you know, uh, being a reporter, you know, when you start out, you're making nothing. So if you know your purpose though, that making barely minimum wage and then climbing up the ladder yeah, it may get to a point where you're like, is this worth it? But that purpose will remind you it is worth it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I recommend first, finding your purpose and then understanding your purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, the second part is just honing in and keying in on those, those skills, especially your voice. Uh, it, it took me a while. Uh, thankfully, you know, I had mentors when I was in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And I need uh, Madeline Woods. Uh, she had worked. Uh, for BET and, and came back to Orlando and she literally would, would mold my voice. And, and, and that's the second thing, just, just practice. So even if, you know, when I was younger, we didn't have these cell phones. Now we didn't have the HD 4K <laughs> cameras on phones. So kid, you know, young folks have it made now. So if you right. want to be it, go to Best Buy, Walmart, get that tripod for your phone and practice, practice, practice. Look in the mirror enunciate, talk, practice. You don't have to have a $2,000 camera. Your phone does just as, as much as these cameras these days. So, uh, so yeah, so finding your purpose and practice repetition. And then the third thing I, I would recommend for anyone trying to be a reporter is to just knowledge, knowledge of the industry, uh, knowledge of, of kind of your path and with that knowledge being outgoing personable and empathy so all that kind of it, it evolves in it you know you have to have empathy when you're interviewing people you have to understand these places that people are going and then in that aspect and then also like on lemonade day you have to have that empathy and outgoing because you do become the community person you do become the face so you can't just walk by people like you have to understand your purpose 
because that will allow you to know your place in the community is to be that voice and to uh, just be the person that community looks up to kids, you know, strangers, complete strangers. So all, all that encompassing uh, and, 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 and I kind of the asterisk on the end, it, it's not easy. So I, I will tell anybody that um, I also adjunct now at TSU. So I tell my students that all the time. It's not easy. You, you have to. And that's why I put purpose number one. Like you have to know your purpose because it's not easy being a reporter. You have those deadlines. You have hours. Uh, there were days at KWTX. I worked way past 40 hours a week, but never didn't get paid for those 40 plus hours. We were, you know, sometimes if there was a shooting three o'clock in the morning would go out. So it, it's, it's never ending, but it's so rewarding. Okay. If, if your purpose is truly in the right place, it's so rewarding to see the work and the fruition and to be talking to you and then to get those messages from people, you know, thanking for your story or, or, or the viewers, um, just, just thanking the, for the things that you're, you've done. So, well, I think the, the huge case, you know, Vanessa's case, that touched nationwide. Yep. It, wasn't, it wasn't just in Colleen, which was crazy, you know, because it was there. And I don't think any of us knew the gravity of, um, of how it would impact Correct. people, you know, and um, I, you are definitely the voice. I mean, when you came over, you know, and there were other reporters that came over, they were the voice of, of us, you know, what were we doing there at Lemonade Day? Um, so reporters really do have um, such a vital place in our society. However, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, put this in there. They're also seen as well, how do we know they're telling the truth? You know, how do we know it's factual? You know, there's there's been a, a year, several years now that people are like, you know, we don't know if those are true or not. So how do you how do you ensure your work is accurate and factual? How do you do that? So first, I tell people I don't get paid enough to lie. <laughs> um, but not, in, in all seriousness, well, that's it, it's serious. But in all seriousness, it's I mean, when we think of local news, and I mean, e even national news, I, I think a lot of people get news confused with, you know, you look at the CNNs, the Fox News, the MSNBCs, the network news, people confuse when there are pundits in the commentary mm -hmm. with actual news. So in commentary, if I'm coming, you know, making an opinionated about something, that opinion doesn't necessarily have to be fact. But that's what a lot of your cable news is when you look at, you know, the Fox News, CNNs. A lot of the shows are commentary based. So people compare that with local news. And in local news, I mean, we all pride ourselves on being truthful, fact, factual. And I think in these recent years, we've gotten to a place where we have put, put reporters and journalists on this kind of pedestal that's not real. I mean, we're all human. So it's like, you know, say I do make a mistake. Now it's automatically, oh, you're fake news or you're not telling the truth. No, I made a mistake. We're human. Mm -hmm. Just like you make a mistake at your job, <laughs> I make a mistake at mine. So I, I think we, we've kind of gotten to a point where that's not possible anymore. So for us as reporters, especially, you know, I mean, speaking definitely for me, I, every day, you know, we, we have people look at our scripts, we get them checked twice. I look over my scripts multiple times, you know, even the people we're interviewing, we're, we're, we're vetting them while we're interviewing. So, I mean, there's a lot of steps to take because truthfully and honestly, none of us wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to lie about my story today. I, that's just not, <laughs> it's just not how it works. So, I mean, I can truthfully tell everybody that, you know, we, we every day strive that our stories are factual, correct. And if it's not, because it does happen. Uh, if someone does may tell us something that's not true, or we may have missed something, we do correct it when we need to correct it. So, and that's just, you know, we're, we're humans. 
So, but, but we do, I, I do strive every day to make sure that, you know, our, our stories are correct because I'm, I'm also a perfectionist. So that's, that's another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of um, people who are uh, driven, driven and who are, you know, um, go-getters and, and just people who want to succeed are perfectionist. So I totally understand. <laughs> I can understand. I've heard many people say that actually. So, um, are, so what is your next, what is your next step? Are you going to continue on, um, in North Carolina? Um, are you, what, what are your plans? So, uh, as we know, this, this TV industry is forever changing, especially now with COVID it has definitely changed um, kind of how we work is you, you may not have known because I mean y'all probably don't know because you're not in the, in the building so here our workflow has really changed to where a lot of times we're working out of the car like we, we don't go in the building anymore um, as much because of COVID and all the protocols so they're trying to minimize as many people in the building so the, the, the industry has changed so for me as I you know anchored in, in at KWTX in Waco I've been filling in now. So that's kind of my path of where I want to go is to keep climbing up that, that anchor chair um, because it, it's important. And as minorities, it, it's important for people to see people who look like them when they look up at a television and, and to be able to relate and, and have those stories told. So I, I want to keep continuing and climbing up that ladder. And, and again, telling those stories now is that in local news? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to be in Charlotte. So, uh, and I mean, I love Charlotte. So Charlotte may be, you know, a forever place, but I, I, you know, I'm a person of a believer to where, you know, whoever the man yeah. above sends me, you know, I, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I, I know where I want my career to go. Okay. Uh, you know, that's anchoring and, and being able to tell, you know, those stories still, but what, I have no idea idea yeah. where that may be I think many of us were kind of surprised when you were moving over to North Carolina we're like wait what happened <laughs> yeah so I mean so 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 the, so the scoop in that is so in TV uh we're we're on contract so most of the contracts like two three years mm -hmm. and you know as you move up moving up means opportunities and more so more money in your pocket so of course that's why, you know, you, you will see a lot of people, especially, you know, in like Colleen Waco uh, and, and Bell County, you know, a lot of people will, will come in and now it's just, you know, climbing up that ladder because contra, I mean, you, you, you were reported before. So, you, you know, the la the least, the minimum amount of money that that, that reporters make. So, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so it, it, it's, it's about, you know, those opportunities and, and getting more money because got to pay the bills. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I'm so happy that you're where you're at and you're honing your craft too. So I think no matter where you go, you're just going to continue, continue growing, you know, and um, uh, I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier was uh, minorities, you know, people do need to see more of us. I think I live here in Hawaii. And so here in Hawaii, you know, um, the reporters are just like yep. me, you know, like they're, they're minorities here. So um, we don't, um, we don't see like a discrepancy, you know, here in Hawaii, but, um, but definitely in the mainland, you know, it, it's definitely kind of a, it needs to be more, you know, more prevalent. Um, I feel we're getting much better though than, than it is. kids, you know, it, it's getting better. Um, we took a little, step back a little, you know, like several years ago, but, but we're, I feel like we're getting better. Um, how about you? Where are you in terms of try? Okay. So when you find your stories, how do you find your stories? How does it come to you? Do you, does the manager send it to you or like, how do you get it? So it, it, it's a mix and thankfully social media exists because um, people, people put their business on, on, on Facebook. So it yeah. makes it a lot easier as a, <laughs> As, as a reporter, but yeah, so it, it's, it's going through Facebook, Twitter, social media, uh, mainly Facebook, because Twitter's still not there yet with people putting their business on, on, on Front Street on Twitter. Nobody does that. Um, but Facebook, you will definitely find people talking about everything that's happened. So 
Uh, so getting in those Facebook groups, there's, there's a group for every community, for every lifestyle, everything you can think of. So joining those uh, here in Charlotte, you know, there's all these different areas. You have your South End, Noda, uh, Dilworth. So all the communities have Facebook groups. You join those and people talk, you know, people talk about issues they're having. Or, you know, people talk about crime that they have or you'll see people talking about or you know, if there's a shooting, uh, people will even say, oh, I know the person that's killed is his name. So we would have known that because please don't usually release the name until like a day later. But, you know, Facebook and, you know, people will, will, will tell you that the same hour it happened. So I'm um, just social media. And then, you know, a lot of people still send press releases. So if there's an event or something that press conference that they want you to know about, get an email. And then there are some days where our assignment desk managers We'll be like, hey, this is happening this time. Uh, you'll be covering that. Uh, but mainly it, it is uh, being in social media. And, you know, truth moment here. When I first moved to Charlotte, I struggled uh, finding sort of like I, I struggled um, coming up with ideas. And it, it, it was hard the first couple of months I moved out here. I had to have conversation with my managers because, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was a new kid on the block. So, you know, I left Bell County. Yeah. Knowing everybody in Bell County, you know, being right. the trusted person that, you know, people would call. I I knew who to call. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, you know, reset for me coming out here uh, to Charlotte. And that that was hard. Um, but, you know, it, it, it passed and I feel like I'm in a good place now. But so that, that's kind of the, the social media part of it, just knowing people in the community who can connect you. Uh, to, it sounds to, like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're, you're good. It sounds like it was a transition. So once you moved, I mean, you didn't know anybody there. You probably need a GPS to find out where the streets were. Still so, do. <laughs> oh, and you've been there for a couple of years now. <laughs> so uh, social media, that is so funny. So is that how you started finding your stories? Because you, you had that hard time finding it. Then did you kind of transition into like Facebook and just kind of see what's going on? Yeah, so it, it, it was that transitioning into Facebook, into the groups, and then just people, you know, recognizing my name in the groups, and then uh, meeting community activists. Um, that was like the big stepping stone into like kind of linking out where people was meeting the activists. And it took time again, because I moved out here in COVID. So yeah. it, 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 that, that's what made it a little bit longer. I'm sure in a normal year, I would have been able to get to the city and, you know, oh, you want to meet for coffee? Sure. But, you know, back then, I moved in the, literally the middle of the pandemic, so you couldn't go have coffee with anybody. Oh, uh, like, no. So I had to find other ways. Um, uh, it worked out, though. Wow. So you, I'm sure you did Zooms, yeah? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I figured. So you would have coffee during Zoom calls and that <laughs> have your coffee is on yep. Zoom. Thankfully for, for technology, even for, you know, for Facebook. Okay. So now with Facebook, how do you know which stories to choose? Cause there's so many. So it, you, you want to kind of think about the story that is going to affect people the most. So like what, what, what is going to be the story that, you know, people are going to care about, uh, and then you, you know, you, you go from there. So if there's a, someone on Facebook talking about, which we did have, like a, there was a, a, a shooting that really didn't get reported, but uh, this person, you know, called us and then has said he had a, like surveillance video. So it's like, you know, when you see or know those stories that will also give you a good visual component, because, you know, in TV, you want to see these things it's just going from there. So it's kind of weeding through the, the, what people are posting to find, Hey, you know, what's going to be, what impacts people the most. And then if there's any kind of substance to back it up, whether that's, you know, video photos or something. So one of the things that I know my husband and I have discussed is, um, is that typically the news can be really negative. Right. And um, there's only like maybe a handful, if that, of something positive. Would you agree to that? And if so, 
Is there a way to change that? So I, I think it's hard because news by nature is a negative thing in a sense of people don't really pay attention to good news. Um, uh. Like people care about who got shot. People care about that robbery that happened at the store. Mm. You know, people care about in this time, um, as much as we hate hearing about COVID all the time, that's our number one stories every day. It's COVID. So people care about those. Now, I, I, I will say, so for us, we have a thousand shows. Like we literally are, are on air from four, from our mornings, 4.30 a.m. to like seven and back from like nine to 11. And then we're back in the afternoons from four to 7.30 with a 30 minute break for CBS Evening News in there. So we have a lot of shows. So there are like our three o'clock show is dedicated to nothing but good news and community events. Uh, and so, I mean, there are instances, but it's going to be probably a time that you're not watching. Mm. And so in a normal newscast, um, you may not see but one or two good stories. And that's just by nature of what the news is of the day, like for instance, our 11 o'clock show um, yesterday, mm. I was on a story of a, a, a six-year-old uh, died from COVID. Um, we had a woman got carjacked and police arrested. Like the, this man carjacked her in her own car and she wanted to talk about it. And then we had the Rolling Stones here in Charlotte. So that was our three reporter stories. So the Rolling Stones was, you know, kind of a, you know, good mix but you know you're not leading a show with the rolling stones in town you're leading i i led the newscast last night because you, you know that's the impact story that affects every parent yeah child so it's like you, you you want the positive stories but it all measures on how many other stories that you have to tell which unfortunately a lot of times that those negative sad stories outweigh the uh, good stories but we try we do try for the good news stories it's it's just so hard to you know make a majority of your newscast that way i mean and i think human nature i think we're drawn we're drawn into the drama yep right we're like you know, when we're driving on the road and there's police cars, I'm pretty Slow sure. Down. <laughs> I was like, um, what's going on? Even though we don't want to, or we say, oh, I don't want to do it. We're like, peak. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, unfortunately, I think we are drawn to, which means that there's more viewers, right? So with more viewers, I'm guessing that that also increases the funding for the company, for the news yep. agency. Got you. Okay, that makes sense. I was just putting two and two together. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon, it was um, nice to talk with you. I'm so glad that we had this, this time together. Um, do you, what do you miss about Texas or do you miss Texas? And do you have anything to say to people who like looked up to you back there? Yes, yeah, so I, I will definitely say, and I, I think I put it in one of the uh, Facebook comments. I mean, Texas, especially Bell County, I mean, everybody there, like, it was family. Like, literally, I had strangers become family. Like, people I, I had never met before KWTX uh, became family. Uh, people taking me into their home, you know, knew that I didn't have any family in Killeen, so holidays came or anything, you know, called like, so I, I, I missed, you know, those people that became family and, you know, that's why I, I can definitely say, and I mean, you've, you, you lived in central Texas as well. Like it was definitely a, a small community, but a small community that had a big heart and everybody kind of looked out for each other, especially Colleen when you had Fort Hood right next to it. So um, it, it was a, a definitely a, you know, that military town feel, but you know, people definitely became family. And so you know, you, I, I, that's one thing I do miss about that, that Texas, mm -hmm. Texas lifestyle, um, just the, you know, the, the people. Yeah, the, the home field, it, they definitely have, it's a big heart and everyone's very hospitable. And I, I agree. Um, I think coming from Hawaii to Texas, I was 
little bit afraid because I'm like, I don't know anybody in Texas. Um, so, you know, walking into new territory. And so I'm sure that's how you feel or that's how you felt when you went to North Carolina, yep. walking into new territory and starting your roots again. And I, I'm sure people in North Carolina will also welcome you as family a little bit different now because of COVID, yep. but I, I'm sure things are getting, you know, a lot better. Hopefully, hopefully it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, in terms of, okay, let's talk about the technical part of it. Like, do you want to share anything technical um, to our viewers here? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as technical stuff, I mean, I don't think a lot of people even realize, like, as far as reporters, what goes into it. So, you know, we, it's a term called MMJ, mm. which if, if you, you know, back in Central Texas, that's what pretty much everyone was, was MMJ. That meant you shot your own stuff, and you edited your yeah. own stuff, uh -huh. and so you were literally a one-band man, yep. uh, so to speak. So I would definitely, again, you know, talking to if someone comes back and watches in and, and, you know, future journalists, or if you want to be in PR, what, you know, what have you, I, I would definitely recommend like keying in on the, those writing skills. You can never, never um, not have enough practice when it comes to writing because it, it will take you so far to know how to write mm -hmm. uh, concise. And that's something I still work on even now because you know, I like to talk. So when you like to talk, you can get long winded. So when you're writing, it could be things when you look down, I was like, wait, I'm repeating myself in a different way. Let me cross that sentence out. So, you know, you, you, you look and like, you know what? I could have said this instead of five words, said it in two words. Um, so practicing that writing will help you get so much better. And just the repetition, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it, it will, will, you'll see how you start to set yourself apart. And when you start that practicing, it, it would definitely make it a, a lot easier. Um, and then, you know, when you get to the technical side, that will be the, you know, so you don't want the writing and other things to kind of be your holdup because technical, you will, that will always be a learning curve, no matter what, uh, you know. It's always something you, new. Yeah, computers, software, you, you will always have to learn something new. Cameras will change. And you know, mm. cameras used to be like this big. Now they're this big that week. So, so you know, it's like, there will always be something new that you have to learn. But if you know how to write and are able to you know, get that in early, one less thing you have to worry about. And so. Um, now, how, how do you feel about mentors? Because you did mention mentors before. Is that something that you continue, you know, continue to have or is that something that. So, yes, I, I have a couple of people in the industry that I can call to, you know, not only. Um, look at my work, but, you know, advice if I need tips. And I think that's important. So, I mean, I've offered, like, even my, even now, like, you know, I call them my students, uh, but I've offered for, for people to be their mentor. I, I think it's very important for people to have mentors. And if you have a mentor, to take advantage of that mentor, take advantage of that expertise, you know, that this person is willing to give you. So, I in, in in this industry of journalism because you know in jobs we, we, we don't want it we don't want to say like it's oh yeah you know you you practice you go get this degree do your work you'll be fine yeah that's part of it it's still about especially in this industry who you know mm -hmm. so if you have mentors in places that can connect you that who you know will help you get through that door on top of your experience so um, which is, you know, theoretically that has opened the doors for a lot of places for me because of being in the right place and, and knowing the right people. Um, and it's, it's allowed me to be in places. So I 100% agree and encourage to get a mentor um, because, again, a good mentor will help you avoid the mistakes they've made. And that's what I want for younger journalists um, coming after me is to not make the mistakes I did be better than me and so that's what a mentor should want as well for those who are coming after them to be better than them and avoid those mistakes mm -hmm. wow uh, yes absolutely I totally agree with the mentor as well um, I think you know I was just telling my mom and my dad I said you know um, we always have to better ourselves right we never just like 
stay right here where we are. It's always, even when we're older, you know, we have to just continue to be better, you know, better versions of ourselves. And in order to do that, we definitely need somebody to kind of guide us, right? Because you mentioned writing and practicing writing. I'm sure you don't just look at your writing. I'm sure you have other people critique it and write it, right? So, um, and I'm sure there's this whole process of being a journal in your field, in your, you know, where you're at, there's like this whole list of things that needs to be done in order for you to actually be on camera. It's mm-hmm. not just like a one and done, I just write it and then there you go. I'm sure nope. <laughs> so many different things. Um, one last question before we go, because you've done several stories, Brandon. Have you, and how do you, how do you handle uh, an irate or like a aggressive interviewee or have you had one? So I, I haven't necessarily, I haven't, not that I can think of, I don't think I've had an aggressive person that I've been interviewing. Now I have been around people who have yelled at me, become aggressive um, multiple occasions back in Texas. I remember, you know, when Ted Cruz had came to Colleen, uh, when it covered that, mm. you know, he was also one of those who spewed the media was fake news. So all of his supporters there, you know, I'm outside, they come up yelling at me, oh, fake news, fake news. And it's, and, and so it's just like you, you have to, in instances, remember you're working mm-hmm. and also remember those same people wouldn't come to you on the streets if you just had regular clothes on. So if I was Brandon, like a normal Brandon, that same man would, would have not come up to me. Mm. So you have to remember, people get brave when they feel empowered. And so you just have to shrug stuff off. Um, you know, now the whole mask debate is, is going on in schools. So, you know, we've had, I was just at a, a school meeting last week uh, and, and the previous weeks and people on the side of, you know, whatever side they may be on, but also, you know, saying the same on the media, you're not telling the truth. You also be telling the truth, you know, pointing fingers at our yeah, faces. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So, like, I mean, that's all you have to say is okay. Because you, again, so you have to have that composure and, and understand that because you are in the public eye, because you are the reporter on TV, you represent not only yourself, but the station. So you have to carry yourself professionally. So it, that may take people yelling at you, pointing fingers at you. You just have to, as hard as it may be, keep it moving, as I like to say, just keep it moving. And it sucks because, you know, you want to be human and respond back to them because you know you're just doing your job. Yeah. That's what you're doing. But it... it <laughs> that just sounds so... Um so challenging to do because you're still human and you're being yelled at you know um and you're you're basically the scapegoat and so and i think that that's part of the reason why i asked you know like um uh how do you handle it because um and how people kind of view reporters right there's there's a certain stigma unfortunately and so it's like a good stigma there's bad stigma and so i to to like basically cover your, I guess it's a good thing we have a mask because then you don't, have, you, <laughs> you can say something under your mask and still remain positive, right? Still remain professional. So a lot of times I just heard people with a smile. Oh, very good. That's that, you know what? You've got a tough skin. <laughs> you have a tough skin because many people would not be able to handle that because that's a lot, you know, to have kind of a I don't know if a group of people, you know, were kind of yelling at you or. Because like you said, I mean, I understand. I think every reporter, we, we understand that, mm-hmm. especially, you know, these past couple of years, I would say what the past three, four years up until that, we understand what I, that some people view us as. So we understand that. So the best thing you can do is just smile because we know these same people wouldn't yell at us, would not come up to us on a, on a regular road if we were just John Doe walking down the street. They wouldn't do it. They only do it because they feel empowered, brave, because we're the reporter in the room. So you just got to smile. They need to, <laughs> they need to just like share what they're feeling. And that's good. So you basically don't take it personal. No. Yeah. Very good. Because again, you know, a lot of it, and, and some of those may lead to maybe possible stories because again, and I like, to, I, I'm on the side of 
no matter what your view is, that, that's what makes this country so great. Like we all can have so many different thoughts, opinions, and views on one thing. And you, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And I think that's what gets lost in all of this. We like to think our opinion trumps someone else's opinion. And it, it's just that an opinion is an opinion. So I, I you know, have your opinion. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, don't dis, and that's only I, you know, actually like, just don't disrespect me. Um, cause at the end of the day, again, like, we're, we're all adults. So adults should treat adults like adults. And that's what a lot of times though, that does not happen. A lot of adults you see start to act like children and that may be even putting children in the wrong box. So there's a lot of children <laughs> act, you know, or like adults, more mature. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I highly agree. So, um, we can go on and on. I, I would love to talk to you more. I may have you, at, you know, come on again for another time, if that's okay with you. Oh, I'm, 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 I, as clearly I love to talk. So. <laughs> awesome. Okay, good. I'm glad you love to talk. I love to talk to you. So, but with that said, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Um, I think you're, are you working right now? It's Friday. No, I am off. So actually, well, technically I'm off, but because of this high school football season, I do go in for two hours on Friday nights to help co-anchor our uh, football Friday night show. Yeah, because I remember you saying it was like 2.30 to 11.30. And that's pretty much your time, right? 2.30 to 11.30? Yep. Well, kind of. Normal days, yeah, yeah. Unless you get paged, right? We don't use pagers anymore, but you know what I mean. Oh, it's time to go. (laughs) You're like on call. A reporter on call. But thank you so much, Brandon. I appreciate you. Have no problem. Day. I had fun. Thank you. Thank you. And I don't know if anyone's here who asked questions, but I'll have them posted below. And uh, Brandon, I will see you again later. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Aloha. Happy Aloha Friday. Bye. See ya. Want to hear more? Duh. Visit us at sexyfreedommedia.com.